Good morning. How's everybody doing? Yeah, you've, thank you so much for just giving it all in worship this morning. It makes it so much easier to worship the Lord when we're all doing that in unity. Appreciated your passion this morning, your praise. It was so fun. I'm in the Lord's Army. This is part three. Uh, I'm too young to uh, march in the infantry and ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. I'm too young to fly over the enemy, but I'm in the Lord's Army. And those of us over 60 know the song. All right, so <laughs> how many appreciated Mia's word last week? So good. And uh, actually, Mia was invited out as well as Karen yesterday to a ladies' event uh, at another church where uh, they were involved. So we just love that uh, so many are getting involvement in ministry and not just here in the house, but being asked to go outside uh, as well. All right, so we're going to look at the weapons, uh, the weapons of our warfare. Uh, Second Corinthians says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We've looked at uh, this scripture in detail, and we've been talking about how to use our weapons. We looked at the weapons of submission, submit to God, therefore, uh, uh, or submit to God and resist the devil, he'll flee from you. The name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus, all weapons that we should regularly understand and be using in our walk with the Lord. And as we do that, what will happen is the Holy Spirit will begin in our lives to identify then expose, and then uh, give us the capacity to demolish strongholds. And we have defined strongholds as ways of thinking uh, that don't line up with how God thinks about us. And so we're talking here in this scripture about the knowledge of God, and it's not knowledge about God. It's God's knowledge about you, God's will for your life, God's destiny for you, the blessing that God has and the enemy has arguments and pretensions that set themselves up contrary to how God sees you and God believes about you. And so we want to bring that into alignment uh, and so that we can walk in victory. We say it this way at Harvest, we want you to know God and know him better every day. And find freedom to identify uh, that God has uh, gifting and calling on your life and then to make a difference uh, with, with that. And so for that to take place, to find freedom... As we are utilizing the weapons in our day, adding them to our spiritual disciplines, being intentional about them, the Holy Spirit will begin to help you identify some ways of thinking. And you can't otherwise realize you're thinking wrong until it doesn't line up with Scripture. It doesn't line up uh, as you're coming into the presence of God. We're going to look at the weapon of praise in a couple of weeks uh, as we continue this series. And then we want to demolish. Say demolish. We don't want the enemy to have a hiding place in our mind any longer. And then if a thought or a temptation uh, comes our way, we're able to make it come to obedience to what Christ says. Today I want to talk to you about the weapon of God's house, the weapon of God's house. Father, I just thank you as we're here in your house today, enjoying corporate worship, the strength of being together. I thank you for the declaration of the word. I do ask, Lord, uh, that it would be powerful. Uh, another powerful word by Pastor Roy, uh, not because of me, Lord, but because of, of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. Lord, bless the listener. 
and blessed as I speak in Jesus' name. Everyone said? I want to focus on an important Old Testament event. It was important for the Hebrews, but uh, also very important for us uh, symbolically uh, as it speaks so much to us about what Jesus did. And that's the event of Passover. In the Old Testament, God was taking the nation of Israel out of Egypt. Uh, they were in the tyranny uh, of Egypt as slaves. They, um, they didn't have anything of, of, for themselves, and they existed as a slave nation under Pharaoh. And God spoke to Pharaoh through Moses that he wanted uh, Pharaoh to let his people go. And Pharaoh didn't understand the assignment. And so God brings his judgment and his strength against Egypt in the form of 10 plagues to show Egypt and to show Pharaoh who God was and uh, that Pharaoh wasn't God and there was a true God and they needed to submit to the true God. And Pharaoh wasn't listening. And the final plague was the killing of the firstborn, firstborn in a family and the firstborn of animals, anything that had life, the firstborn uh, would be killed as a cost uh, of this judgment, this final plague. And so God's people were in Egypt at the time. They were in the setting of where this was taking place. And God wanted, though they were in Egypt, they weren't of Egypt. And God wanted to protect them and to uh, um, put a, a covering, so to speak, over them that that judgment would not fall on them. Symbolically, it fell on a lamb. And so they were to take a lamb, a substitute for the firstborn in their home, a substitute for the firstborn, uh, their firstborn dog, their firstborn everything in their home, that judgment uh, for sin, that judgment would not befall them. And so they were to take this lamb, they were to kill it, they were to take the blood from this lamb, and they were to mark the doorpost of their home at the lintel at the top and on the sides. And if you think about that application, it looks like a cross, though it would be hundreds and hundreds of years before the cross of Christ uh, would come. But we're looking in the Old Testament, really a symbol, and, a, a, and, and, and God weaving throughout the Old Testament his intention to set his people free uh, eternally through the blood of Jesus. And so they were to kill this lamb and mark the doorposts. So much wonderful symbolism. I mean, we could just unpack all of the Passover today. But what I want us to see is uh, something really, really precious and powerful in this story that uh, in uh, God's ultimate provision of a lamb in Jesus and that his blood is a substitute for our lives so that the judgment of God, which we deserve, by the way, because of sin. The Bible says we're all born in sin. We've all gone our own way. We all deserve the judgment of God in death and eternal, the, the consequence of, uh, of dying in our sin is eternal separation from the love of God. Hell is a very real place. God didn't design it for people. He designed it for uh, the devil and the uh, angel and the demons, the fallen angels. But the consequence of, of if we die in our sin today is that we would be eternally separated uh, from God. And so this lamb provided uh, in the Old Testament, a passing over of God's judgment in the same way that when Jesus died on the cross and we look to Jesus' sacrifice and take it for our own, we, don't, we, deserve, we deserve the punishment. We didn't deserve that he would give us that. And we receive that. It's called grace. And the judgment of God passes over us and was placed on his own son. 
That's the rich symbolism uh, that we see in, in, the, in the Passover lamb. Now, understanding that and how that was, it was symbolic, I want to look at some other symbols that are just as meaningful to us today. And so as they were to give the instructions of how they were to do this, Moses said this, speak to all the congregation of Israel. He's talking to Moses. Moses would give the direction. On the 10th day of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb. Say a lamb. Every, every man, every head of the home would take a lamb. According to the house of his father, a lamb for the household, a lamb for the house, a lamb for the house. A lamb would be secured for the house. Why is this important? Why, why I really want to make this point. I want us to see it. Because as we fast forward into the New Testament and understand how Jesus fulfills the lamb for our house, the lamb for the house, John the Baptist, seeing Jesus approach him, declares this. He said, look, the lamb of God, so the lamb belongs to God. It's God's lamb. Say God's lamb. God's our father. The father of the household took a lamb. And so in the Old Testament, a lamb for the house. And God himself secured a lamb for his house, the house of God. And so Jesus is the lamb that takes away the sin of the world. Ephesians helps us understand something that's important. And I often get asked the question, do you have to attend church to be a Christian? Can you be a Christian and not attend church? And I always, I always just feel like saying, no, <laughs> it's the wrong question. And as Christ followers, we want to be in God's house. And this question, and I understand that people have had negative, negative experiences in church, and they don't want to go to church, but they want to continue their relationship with God. Without answering the question, can they be? I think it's very difficult to grow in all of the aspects of our Christianity. And people that I have met um, that don't, don't attend the house of God, and they have a private me and Jesus relationship, can I just say it? I've met them. They're weird. They're just weird. And they're weird because they have uh, no other. It's like living on a desert island. They're not living with other believers, other members of the household of faith, which is how God designed it. Say designed. So I think there's more. I, I wouldn't say that they're not Christians. Of course, if they in faith put their faith in God and what God has done. But I would certainly say to them, understand this verse from Ephesians. Remember that the lamb is for the world, but we don't stay in the world, do we? We're in this world, but we're not of the mindset of this world. We're not after the persuasion and the, and the philosophies of this world. We now begin to adopt God's word. We now begin to grow in what God says. And a couple of weeks ago, the weapon of submission, we submit to God. God is God and I am not. And if I disobey God, you know, just kind of blatantly, I'm saying I'm God now. You're not. And we can't go back and forth. Either he is or he isn't. And so as we begin to give ourselves to the principles of God in God's house, God secured a lamb for the house. Ephesians says Christ loved the church. Now, he loves the world. But he had a plan to take his disciples out of the world, so to speak, and bring them into his house. In fact, he prays to his father in, in John chapter 17. He says, I don't pray that you would take them out of the world. I pray that you will protect them. Was Jesus's high priestly prayer for his own disciples and for you and me today. And so he's not praying 
And some Christians are praying, get us out, get us off the world, Jesus. It's so bad here. Get us out of here. And Jesus goes, I'm not praying to take you out of the world. I'll just leave that one there for someone, someone that's, that, that's just going to go, what, 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 wait a minute, what? <laughs> and so the prayer, Jesus said, Father, I'm not praying you take them off this world. I'm praying that you'll use them on this world and protect them. In my house. In my house. So Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. The, the, the lamb was for the house. The lamb frees people from Egypt, from the world, but they were to come out of the world and come into the house. Now, I want you to see how powerful this is. And we just don't want, you know, attending church is so much more than attending church. Something happens. It's part of our spiritual battle. It's part of the protection of God. It's part of our growth. So the lamb was provided for the world that whosoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I've given them your word, Jesus said. I just referred to this a moment ago. And the world has hated them. For they are not of the world anymore. Any more than I am of the world. My prayer is that you not take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. We're talking about protection, aren't we? We're talking about our spiritual warfare. We're talking about our, our weapons. And today, I want you to see that a lamb was secured for the house. Say the house. A lamb for the house. It goes on in, in Exodus chapter 12, verse 22. Take a bunch of hyssop, dip it into the blood in the basin where the blood was shed uh, from the lamb and put the blood on the top of both sides of the door frame. Is this gruesome? This is gruesome. It's gruesome and it's symbolic look at how Jesus would die a, a gruesome death. People say it is really a, a bloody Old Testament. It is as it, as, it looks, as it looks toward the cross event where his, his lifeblood would be spilled for you and I. And so to make that point that they would have understanding looking forward and faith of God's promise, and we look back today, put the blood on both sides of the doorframe. None of you shall go out of the door of the house until morning. None of you, a lamb for the house, number one. Number two, stay in the house. A lamb for the house, the command was stay in the house. And if they'd wanted to, they could have gone out into Egypt that evening, just like they could have any other night. They could have gone down and part participated in all of the things in Egypt that they had participated in before, but this was a new night. This was a night of change. This was the night of the blood that was sacrificed to save them from the judgment of God. And in honoring what God was doing for them, that they were celebrating a new life, a life in the house, a life of protection, a life that would secure them the blessing of God and the principle of a lamb for the house and staying and remaining in the protection of the house would be for all of eternity because God's plan was for his church God's eternal plan, according to Ephesians, was before the, before the foundations of the earth were laid, he would, he would be sacrificed for the house. The powerful instrument upon the church today of his church. So they were to stay in the protection of the house. If, if they had decided to leave the safety of the house that night and treat it like any other night, they would have come under judgment. They would have, they would have come out from protection and been wandering in a place were judgment. Now they, I don't believe they themselves would have been under judgment, but they would have been in the place where God's hand was resisted and God's judgment was forthcoming. 
and they would have been, let's just say, in a whole lot of, a whole heap of trouble. We use the weapon of the house of God by staying in the house. And I want to talk to you about that this morning. What does it mean to be in the house? What does it mean to stay in the house? Because I'll tell you this, that the number one place that Satan does not want in this spiritual battle, he will do everything he can to draw you out of the house of God, to have you negate the gift that was given you through salvation, to take lightly this protection that exists as we gather together as the house of God. We're going to be talking more about this, but let's, let's just look. Uh, if you'll remember, Jesus was talking uh, to us through a parable of a wise man who builds his house on the rock and a foolish man upon the sand. And in the building of the house, he says it should be uh, on, a, on a foundation because there will be three uh, storms or three trials, not if they come, but when they come, that would be released on the house. Now, this could uh, apply to our personal building in our lives, and I've preached it that way. But most certainly, if God is telling us to build our houses this way, our families this way, our lives this way, I would think he built his house this way because God's a wise God, a wise father. There were three attacks that came on the house in that parable. Floods, winds, and rain. Floods, winds, and rain. Say that with me. Floods, wind, and rain. Let's just go through those, uh, those attacks, which we, uh, we can see symbolically this morning can be spiritual attacks in our battle today to stand and after, after done all to stand, and then we're actually going to take ground. How are we doing that? by overcoming uh, the way we think, growing in God, getting stronger in his ways, and uh, using our weapons. This one this morning, staying in the house of God. Flooding. Well, right now, uh, we're hearing a lot about floods in Ottawa and uh, the Vaudreuil, Hudson area, where the river is overflowing its banks. And and it's the foundation of the houses that are being uh, that are being really challenged, and not just for the water getting in. That's bad enough to uh, destroy the contents, but it can erode away if the water's moving, if the water's got power and energy to it, and it's just seeping in. It actually can punch that foundation uh, out and cause the house to collapse. And so, a strong foundation is necessary to overcome the attack. Of flooding. And I want just you to think this morning, what, what would flooding, how could we see what flooding means? There's a, lot of, there's a lot of power in the river. We love the river. We love to go boating. We love to be out on the St. Lawrence. We love fishing. We love all of, all of the great things of the St. Lawrence as long as the St. Lawrence stays inside its banks. And if the, if the Iroquois dam were to be blown up or the, uh, the power dam were to be blown up, um, I, I, we, we quite know that Cornwall would be underwater. It would, that the power and the wonderful, all the great things about that river uh, would now be loosed because what normally holds the river no longer is holding it. You and I face these things in our lives every day. There's just normal life. My health is, my health is where it's supposed to be. Marriage is where it's supposed to be. Job is where it's supposed to be. And I could go through all the lists of the things that as we do life each and every day, that it's great. It's awesome. As long as it's in the control of the banks of our life. But when it rises up, 
When it comes against us, when we get that diagnosis, when we have that difficulty, whatever the case may be, the river now is attacking us, and the river, for uh, this point of illustration, is anything that would rise up against you that nor it's, normally it's not a problem, but today it's a problem because something has risen up and attacked you. Now, as a Christian, and we're talking about being in the house, does that mean that bad things won't happen to you? No, bad things still happen to us. But the promise of God is you're in a house with a sure foundation. You're in a house, and quite frankly, today in this local house of having a strong foundation as God has blessed us over these 20 years. And you can trust what God has done and is doing and will do. And as we come to the house of God, as people have gone to step one today to find out about the house of God, we believe the house of God is more than a Christian club. It is a powerful place where the Spirit of God is moving. Miracles are happening. People are growing. We're taking our next steps because we've decided that we're going to submit to the foundations of what God's house is planted on. Hebrews chapter 6 talks about what those foundation beliefs are, and uh, I'll let you look at those. We don't have time this morning. But you're in a house with a strong foundation. So when that diagnosis comes or something takes place, what do we do? We stand firm in faith with our brothers and sisters. We pray. By the way, we have an online uh, prayer request system that if you need prayer, people will pray for you. You can go online. I think it's hcf.ca backslash prayer, but you can check it. And, uh, and you can even see how many people have been praying for you and partnering with you. Listen to this now. Here's the promise. When we're in the house of God, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. In the house of God, there's a foundation. I don't care what flood comes over its banks to attack you, your family. As we stand together in the house of God, believing in prayer and faith, God resists. He raises the standard. The water wall comes up and he says, this far, no farther. These are people in my house. These are the people I'm looking after. These are the people I'm blessing. Come on, somebody. Foundations. Say foundations. Amen. I heard a story this morning. Uh, Steve came up, and he has a friend that uh, isn't in the house, but Steve's in the house. And uh, he, this gentleman had, was suffering from great health difficulties. And, and uh, so Steve said, we're going to pray for you. And they, they made the request, and, and he laughed. He said, and Pastor, you know, we asked you, too, just to get some insider prayer. And we got, you know, we got the big, you know, we got the prayer on the website, but I wanted some insider prayer. So we laughed about that. My prayers aren't any more powerful than yours. Isn't that great? That you, in fact, uh, um, all of us have powerful prayers. Say, I can pray powerfully. Yes, you can. And, uh, and this gentleman has uh, really received what he's saying is a healing and saying that uh, those prayers worked. Those prayers worked. And the protection, listen, watch now, watch now. The protection of the house was extended to that man because healing comes from God. All healing comes from God. And as we prayed, we extended the protection of the house and I could, we, could, we could look at that in, in numbers. They said, if your neighbor doesn't have a lamb, bring your neighbors over to celebrate the lamb in your house. There's so much here. I, I just, I, we got to keep going. Another attack uh, is, the, uh, is the wind. The wind. And when the wind really blows, you can hear your house creaking, you know, groaning a little bit because the structure of the wind is catching that wind and, and the structure is being uh, tested. 
Uh, and in really strong winds, you know, they can tear roofs off and, and, and collapse things. And, and, but we're talking about protection from the wind. God's house has structure. Here's a, a verse from Ephesians that talks about the structure of the house and why we have structure at, uh, here at, 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 um, at Harvest Christian Fellowship. Their responsibility, talking about leadership in the house, is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church and build up the church. It's about building. We always want to be building and not building physically. We're building people into the house of God. Watch this. Building people uh, to do his work to build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue. So this is our work until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge in God's son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete stature of Christ. And another scripture says that happens at the end of the age, at the coming of Jesus. So our work as a church is to build people up from the place of not knowing Jesus to accepting the blood, and then they come in the house. Say, in the house. They come in the house. What happens when they come in the house? They get built into the structure. When, we, when you take step one and then we talk about beginning in the dream team, you're actually taking your place in the house. You're actually becoming a part of the structure of what we do in ministry. You're actually keeping the wind, I'll show you what the wind is, keeping the wind from blowing against you. Uh, become mature, uh, the complete center of Christ. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Unfortunately, there's a lot of stuff being preached out on the uh, on church, the first church of the internet, and people who can't make it in a place of pastoring and leading, equipping the saints, and so they hide behind a keyboard. There's so much of it out there, and I would just caution you. And if you've been around the teaching and you've been around the things of God, um, then, you know, you can begin starting to discern. I'll just, I'll just be frank. If you're new to the Lord and you've recently made a decision in the last couple of years and you're walking here with us, um, really lean into what we're teaching. And I've watched people in this last year that were just a couple of years old in the Lord. One lady came to meet me and began to challenge what we teach at Harvest. And I said, um... Listen, uh, she said, you're teaching error, and this is truth. And I said, um, just with all due respect, how would you know? How would you know? Just walking these precious few months with the Lord, and I think it's awesome. Well, I, I, I listened on the Internet, and it sounded so compelling, and it stirred me. I sensed God's Spirit. No, what you, were, what you were stirred by was the influence of trickery with lies so clever they sounded like the truth. And that people that, you get, they're just, they, there's so much focusing on stuff that doesn't really matter. But Pastor Roy, it's in the Bible. Yes, I know. But it's really important that you get the basic stuff in the Bible, basically in your life, so that you can begin walking things out and get in the house and become part of the structure so that the church can grow and we can reach more people for Jesus. And along the journey, yes, we'll cover all of the stuff in the Bible, but trusting structure. Say trust. Structure. 
And, I, and, and so this lady said, well, um, I, I, I'm not staying in the house. I said, God bless you. That makes me sad. I'm not sure where you're going, but if they're focusing on, and, and it, it really uh, it matters little about what the matters were, except that it was really straining out end time, uh, end time conspiracy kind of what I honestly just thought is, think is nonsense. When the disciples were looking up in the heavens trying to, when's he coming back? And Jesus said, everybody, I, I level everybody. I level, the angel said. He'll come back the way he left. But we got a lot of work to do until that happens. Amen? Amen. So we want to focus on the full counsel of God. And so the winds of doctrine. And we, we're in the house and we're under the word of God each week because we don't want to be blown around. And I can just tell you, in the 30-plus years, I say 30-plus now because if I tell you how long it really is, I feel old, uh, of doing ministry, I've seen a lot of people go, go out of the house chasing doctrines that, did not, that were not founded in the foundation of what God's Word teaches. Protection from the rain. It's talking about a covering over our heads. And uh, Isaiah talks about this covering, the rain, the attack of rain. Then the Lord will create over all Mount Zion and over those who assemble a cloud of smoke by day and a glow of flaming fire by night. It's talking, it's using this, this, this verse in Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah is prophesying about uh, the, the day we live in today and that there would be assemblies, that there would be gatherings that are uh, not one, you know, God's house, yes, but uh, the universal God's house, all over the world God's house, is only spoken of once or twice in the New Testament. God's predominant treatment of local church is local church and his house in the context of a church like Harvest, uh, God's house, a lamb for the house. This is important this morning. This is where protection is. And over the house is the glory of God, a canopy. And, and Mount Zion there, it doesn't say church. I know it says Mount Zion because it's using Old Testament language and what the prophet Isaiah knew. Go to Hebrews. It says, we no longer come to Mount Sinai where the giving of the law, but we have now come to Mount Zion, the church of the firstborn. And so Hebrews defines for us that the usage of the phrase Mount Zion in the Old Testament is actually prophetically speaking of Harvest Christian Fellowship and every other church that gathers in his name today. So God will create over harvest and over all those assembled there a cloud of smoke by day and a glow of flaming fire by night. Over everything the glory will be a canopy. It will be a shelter and shade from the heat of day and a refuge and hiding place from the storm and rain. That the presence of God is over us and we believe in the, in the principle of God being God and God we submit to God and we submit to structure and that God places his glory where he says that's my house and he puts his very presence in his house. And that's why we gather and worship him each and every week with longing in our heart, more of your presence, oh God, more of your power, more of the moving of the Holy Spirit. Why? So that somebody who doesn't understand the principle can come into the house and go, what is that? That's the presence and glory of God. The presence is in the house. The presence is when we come in together uh, corporately. The children of Israel were journeying. In that cloud uh, was God's voice, God's direction, God's protection, shade, warmth for night. It was when things were going difficult in the journey. Things are difficult in the journey. We gathered and just said, let's, let's be together today in the house of God. Let's be together. 
Let's lift our voices together, and all of a sudden, you have that sense that so many of us have experienced where we're here, and we go, I didn't want to come this morning, but I'm sure glad I did, because something happened in my heart. I can go out stronger than I came in. You got rest. That was the rest of God. I felt so hot and parched and dry. I feel refreshed. That was God's presence refreshing you, just like he did when the children of Israel were on their journey. A lamb for the house, stay in the house. What does it mean to be in the house? In the house. It's more than attending. Although I love it that you attend. Online, I love that you're attending. It's making the decision that you're going to be built in. You're going to be in the structure of the house. I want to challenge you today, if you've been attending, and you've been enjoying all of the protection of the house, that you'd really come a step, one more step into the house. This is your, this is your weaponry. You will grow. You will become stronger in the things of God. I want to read this verse from Ephesians from the message version. That's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles, using the language of our story in Exodus for us today. You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here. You belong here, everyone. This is your first Sunday. You belong here. Even if you don't believe what we believe, you belong here. Say belong. It's very important to us. You understand you belong here. With as much right to the name Christian as anyone. And we want you to have, the Bible says we have the right to having that name. When we submit to and accept the name that is above every name, Jesus, there has to be a lamb before there can be a house. There's got to be the killing of the lamb before you can be in the house. And maybe you're here today and you've been attending but never given your life to Jesus. You've never accepted the fact that the lamb died for you and you're protected in the house because of his blood. You want to get that blood on your life. In other words, accept and receive that it was for you. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that if you've never done that or online. Come into the house. God is building a home. He's using us all. Who's he using? He's using us. One more time. He's using us. Irrespective of how we got here and what he is building. He used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation. And now he's using you. Fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone. Fitting you in the house. Brick by brick, stone by stone. The Bible says we're living stones. Our lives fitted in the house. With Jesus as the cornerstone that holds it all together. The lamb in the center of the house. We see it taking shape day after day, month after month, year after year, until he returns. A temple in which God is quite at home. This morning I'm just challenging you as you understand this very powerful, powerful teaching of the divine power that can demolish strongholds because as you're in the house and his canopy, the foundation, you're not given to winds of doctrine, you're learning, it will reveal and identify ways you've been thinking that the enemy has been taking you 
down a pathway that you can say, no, I'm bringing that thought into the obedience of Christ. I'm not being, I'm not being a slave to fear anymore. I'm not, a, I'm not going to be a slave to depression, anxiety, to addiction. I'm going to bring my, I am free. I'm a son of God. I'm protected in the house of God. And as that happens, you're beginning now to make your thoughts obedient to how Jesus sees you. I want to challenge you next week as we celebrate family. Bring your marriage into the house. Maybe you're together with your partner and you haven't made that decision to get married. Oh, we'll do it someday. Don't wait for someday. Today's a good day. Because what are you doing? You're bringing your marriage into the house, under the principles of the house, the foundation of the house, the structure of the house. Why do we get married? I, I have people all the time, we want to get married in church. And I know they don't understand why they're asking that. You're asking because according to, to, to years and centuries of understanding this, but they've, they've disconnected. I just want a nice place to have a ceremony. No, marriage is God's idea. And you're bringing two people under the house and into the house and saying, we want our marriage to be in the house. Our children, I went downstairs to kids' church last week and had the best time ever. Your kids are awesome. They're awesome. And they love Jesus and they're just digging in. We bring our families to the house of God. Maybe you're only coming once in a while. We make our kids' programs so good that we want our kids to complain to you and say, no, I can't miss. We do it on purpose. Just so they'll bug you. Because you want them in the house of God so that when they're five, they're in the house at 13, in the house at 18, bringing their partners and getting ready to be engaged and married in the house at whatever age that takes place. Stay in the house. A lamb was slain for the house. Stay in the house. I'll leave you with this one. I always, people will say, I knew you'd sneak it in somewhere. Now, I'm not trying to be sneaky. I just, it's the one, it's the hard one because many of us leave our wallets outside the house and we don't bring our finances into the house. If you, haven't, if you haven't allowed the Lord to show you the blessing of bringing your finances in the house and seeing your finances get blessed, I just want to challenge you. Talk to somebody, and they'll tell you how awesome this is to see God come through and bless your finances. The Bible says, bring all the tithes into the house so there's enough food in my house. If you do, says the Lord of the armies of heaven, he actually uses, the, the, the scripture uses God's general over the armies of heaven demarcation in alignment with giving in the house. Why? Because being in the house is spiritual battling. And when you bring your, it says right here, bring your finances into the house and God releases the angels of heaven to go out and battle on your behalf in the area of finances. Just saying. It's up to you. I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great that you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test in the house. A lamb was for the house. I'm so excited about what God is doing. In months to come, I'll begin to unpack as we look down the corridor of the next five and then 10 years. And we're putting those, we're praying, we're putting some of those things together. And in the area of just 
some re needed renovations, some area of raising up and releasing ministries, and some new things we want to do. And I'm really, really excited about what God's building in the house. And we move here at the speed, vision moves at the speed of giving. And we'll talk about all these things. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be awesome. How your children are being raised up in the house. I want to thank, thank the people, so many of you, faithfully giving, just faithfully giving. Churches that had to close their doors during COVID, and we didn't have to do that. We continue strong. Today, as, as uh, you know, all the bills are paid and, and we're moving forward because of the faithfulness of your giving. But we're believing we can enter into a time of legacy giving where God's people begin to understand we're not giving today, we're giving for a generation to come. And we'll talk to you about that. It's exciting. God's doing some great things. Every head bowed and every eye closed. God's building the house. God's building the house. And you're cooperating because you're in the house. You're in the house. You've placed your life in the house. Father, for those this morning that this, I'm preaching to the choir. I'm preaching to the living stones today. I'm preaching to those, Lord, that even as uh, I meet with some uh, leaders today over lunchtime, uh, you're speaking and you're calling people into greater capacity. You're calling people into another, another level of being in the house, to see the house built in this great hour and this great day. I thank you for every person, Lord, who's partnered with the vision, partnered on the dream team. We pray for those who have not come yet. We're getting ready for them. We're getting ready, Lord. We're getting ready for all that you would send us, all that we would go out and bring to the house of the Lord, and that we'd be ready because we're building the house. Lord, thank you for the protection, for your presence is here in a powerful way. Thank you, Lord, for the canopy over this house. Thank you for the foundation and the structure. Thank you. Thank you for the people that, are, that make this a possibility. Just before we dismiss our service today, if you're here today or you're online, you're watching, maybe you've heard this and didn't realize it's the lamb first. The lamb was secured first, and then they went in the house. You can't come out of Egypt until you recognize the lamb. You can't have protection from the God of this age until you're in the house. But it starts with the lamb. Jesus was the lamb that took away sin so that you could be in the house. Really in. Not just belong, but begin to believe and begin to have your life transformed. If you're here today, maybe you've been attending, or maybe it's your first time, but you today want to give your life to Jesus. You want to receive what Jesus did for you and have your sins washed away and come in the house. If that's you today, I'll just count down from three. Lift your hand, let me acknowledge it, and we're gonna pray for you. Online, you can simply text in right now, I'm making a decision today. In three, two, and one, just let me see your hand. If that's you today, I'm coming in the house. I'm accepting the lamb. Is there anyone today? Thank you, I see your hand at the back. Thank you, God bless you. Yeah, come on, yeah. <laughs> anyone else today, just before we pray? Let's pray this prayer together, Harvest. We do this each and every week just to give confidence to those who may be praying this prayer for the first time or the first time in a long time. Dear Jesus, I've heard today that you died in my place so that I would not be judged, but I'd be forgiven. Today, I receive forgiveness. All of my sins washed away. No longer, no longer 
under judgment of God, but under the grace of God. From this day forward, I'm living in the house. Amen. Hey, I believe if you prayed that prayer from your heart, you're born again. God's presence is on you and in you and around you. You'll never be the same. Come on, stand to your feet. We're going to sing before we're dismissed. Oh, I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. I will put my trust in you alone and I will not be shaken oh I will build my life upon your love it is it's a firm foundation and I will put my trust in you blessing over each and every person yes, Lord. this morning God oh not only them but over their families yes. over their children yes. over their grandchildren yes. oh father over their complete families yes father just bless them as they go father and and just give them a great week in your name we pray amen amen God, God bless, bless you, you harvest we love you have a great week as always we have people at the front ready to pray for you